0: Please listen carefully.
1: I don't know what it was. It was something that was like like the clap.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when you say when you say they caught something, my first media thought I was like it's chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> nerds, welcome to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. We just finished recording the previous one, so let's see how this one goes and how much energy we have left. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. Our theme for this episode is You Don't Tell Me What To Do. But actually, you do. This is all about books, movies, and TV shows that were recommended to us by other people, whether we like them or not. And I'm talking about the people, not just the shit that we watched. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about those recommendations, who recommended to them recommended them to us, and what we thought about them. So right off the bat, because I have no more energy left in me for preamble or chit-chat or an any intro? such nonsense. Let's get right the fuck to it. Stephanie, who recommended your book to you, and what was it?
0: So, a- personal person did not recommend this to me Someone i hate I you already <laughs> no. i I'm hate sorry. you
1: you already fuck up the book you always do this I, every, always the
2: theme of like every single episode starts with finish? steph going that's oh this, was, reco- this was recommended this was recommended to me by the netflix algorithm <laughs> uh
0: well this is recommended like to a person i've never met on goodreads does that count
2: yeah did they recommend it to you, or did you just read the review? Read a review, and that it was doesn't good. Count. She told me.
0: She told all the people you should pick this up. It if you want count. a cute romance, it it doesn't that's count. what I wanted. It doesn't count. I hate you so In much. In Steph's
1: case, I'll
2: allow it. I don't allow At it. At least
1: it's not an algorithm because
2: <laughs> that would be... I don't allow this. I don't support this. I don't like it. But books are hard Steph's going to do what she's going to do. Books are hard. But oh, okay, we okay, have okay, a okay. group of people, Lit. a channel of human beings that is dedicated to recommending Steph's books to each other. Said
1: that she does not
0: respect anyone's opinion about books. No, they'll tell me. But if I personally do not have an interest, I won't read it. When use your stupid phone. The book work. is The Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang. You recommended this to me! Yeah, because it's so cute. It's like, similar to a Love slime situation, it's a cute, you're going to smile the whole time
1: while you're reading it. Is this the one you talked about after I mentioned the graphic novel that was similar? No, it is a graphic novel. Oh, that's the one I read too. Yeah, because I saw your
0: rating.
2: What a great addition. So you- Oh! so am so oh, sorry! Really? So <laughs> you could have said- Recommended this to you. Well
0: first. I a hundred percent. I don't think you recommended it to me,
1: but I, I saw your you, rating. You were talking about another book and I definitely was like, I recommend reading this book. But I had already read it. You
2: went out, out of you- your way to pick something that didn't technically fit the parameters of the theme. When he did, you could have just said time. not
0: recommended didn't it to me. She recommended it to me, though. The Prince and the Dressmaker is about a dressmaker who gets hired by an anonymous person to make dresses, and then it turns out the anonymous person is a prince of the country I can't remember who likes occasionally to dress up as a woman in dresses and go out in the town. A fabulous woman. <laughs> a fabulous woman. I think her name is, like, Lady Clarissa or something with, like, oh, red, love it. red, red hair, hair, beautiful dresses. And he purposely picks uh, the dressmaker because she had made a dress for a client and it was so beautiful that he's like, I want that girl. Yeah.
1: And they're always, like, weird dresses. They're not, like,
2: traditional dresses. And it's, Oh, is that why you like them? Because they're not traditional? They're weird? They're, they're not contemporary the or normal? This bitch. What a proud cunt. <laughs> Bring it all back. This, you recommended this to me and I immediately added it to my library. I really want to read this. So
0: Prince Sebastian, and then he turns into Lady Crystallia. Yes. When Crystallia. he goes out on the town. I'm sorry, Crystall? Crystallia. And then Francis is the dressmaker. Yeah. Who, uh, makes it, t- I think it's said in Austria, something, modern age, Paris, sorry, modern age, Paris. Yeah. Modern Christ age
2: Paris where there's a prince.
0: I mean, you know, life. you know,
2: the French monarchy.
0: And then the one part where he's talking about like why he likes to wear dresses and he's like, occasionally I just like to put on a dress and that's all there is. And I'm like, you go Prince Sebastian. It's so great. It's so good. It's like super cute,
1: super quick. The reason I picked this up is because the main girl, Frances, is also brown and I was like, brown girl, Mm -hmm. done. We'll read this. And I was like, I did not expect this to be what it was because I didn't read anything about it. And I was like, what the fuck? so good cute. and it's recommended for children so i thought it was great
0: and like obviously the dressmaker and the prince form a close bond as they create these creations together so a close
2: romantic bond
0: can be a fairy tale mm, for mm, any mm, age what is your uh what is your number rating my rating is nine cristalias <laughs> out of ten prince sebastian's okay, father's okay, okay walking down a runway because Oh my god. His father. I was like This dad is a babe. This
2: drawn <laughs> character is a babe. There <laughs> are lots of those.
1: The, let me explain. He's also right up Steph's alley because he's got this heavy beard and he looks like he could be like Is it wrong. silver? Is there some
2: grey? No. Oh, so he, I think Steph- a little bit. There's a Steph- little
1: bit and he's a redhead and he looks like he
2: could be straight out of Sons of Anar. He could lift me with his huge shoulders.
0: <laughs> like all I'm picturing is upside down triangle because he's so built
2: guys steph is really determined to be someone's stepmom (laughs)
0: like so true maybe that's my future i just like rough big men apparently (laughs) with a beard i
1: love it
0: if you're wondering why we're talking about this my personal love of son of sons of anarchy was opie i loved him (laughs) so much and i'm ashamed to this day this confession is my favorite thing i'm sorry not, what is your book?
1: <laughs> so my book is actually technically a quartet. I'm pulling a stuff here.
0: Can you just pick a no. fucking No. Living your <laughs> life. You're going to
2: have to listen to 40 minutes of you describing the plot of all four books. So Keely, a friend of
1: ours, suggested the Song of the Lioness Quartet by Tamora Pierce and... I fucking loved it. Um, the reason I'm reviewing this all as one is because these books are so fucking short. They're even shorter than novellas. So I essentially read them as if they were one book, even though a lot of time passes between them it still made sense as one book. Um, and if you don't know already, the story is about a young woman named Alana who wants to become the first female knight. And in, in the style of Milan, mm. Alana takes her brother's place and becomes mm. Alan. And I guess she kind of goes to like night school or whatever.
2: Like, I was like, "What is this?" Oh, well, like can't, what? I, for some reason, my brain went to N I G H T school. Oh, like, like nighttime. In order oh. to be a soldier, she also had to go to like take like night G E D classes or something. <laughs> no, I see with a K. Yes. I understand.
1: So she becomes like a page and has to like get her training that way. And her twin brother, who was supposed to go to like this night training or whatever goes to like a sorcery school or whatever so the whole four books are essentially about Alana and her like how she gets involved with the crown and the king and obviously there's gonna be a plot against the king you know standard standard, like fantasy kingdom-y stuff and of course she becomes the first female knight which is the whole point of the series but what's really great about this series is it's meant for like middle school age I want to say to like really Mm -hmm. new young adult and this is written at a time where young adult wasn't really a huge topic or like a huge category that people read from like it was either adult or it was middle school, and that was it. And these books actually delve into sex and growing up and coming of age. Like, they talk about her first period. They talk about her growing breasts, because she's quite young when the books start. And then they talk about how she has multiple partners, too. I mean, they don't just... Get it. Yeah, like, they don't describe the sex, obviously, because it's for kids. But they really, like, they get into relationships, marriage, all of that. And it is fascinating. It is so good. Um, My only concern with this series of books is that because they're written for kids they are so thin so small and they Mm. skip a lot of time and I would really love to reread the books as if they were meant for adults so if she bulked them up a bit and wrote them for adults and like filled in all that time gap with like all like the little itty bitty drama that I want
0: (laughs) from the books
1: yeah like I want the sex I want everything like it's I'm, I'm sure it I would like read. the only thing
2: that you can specifically call out, though, is the sex. Like, you can't think of anything <laughs> else you want. Well,
1: like. No, it's like it's in with a lot of other things. <laughs> it's it like is. a gripe. But there's like, there's like a point where like they're fighting. It's sort of like a war situation. And they literally skip like three months ahead. And you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck happened it was within those three months? a
0: choice, though, to do that. And like, it reads, reads. length.
1: Yeah. And mm. the thing is, it reads exactly like she had written all of it in. And literally the editor was like, nope, nope, and nope. Like it literally. There's no flow. There's no like nice. Has she flow. ever talked about this? I have no idea. I haven't read anything. <laughs> like I literally, like I, yeah. like I literally did zero research. I just went into it straight and was like, whatever. <laughs> I see you did not prepare for the podcast at all. So Listen, I prepped a whole script here. I know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, she doesn't really skim over like even like protection against pregnancy and all of that and it really I think it's really educational for kids that age which I think is ahead of its time which is one of the huge reasons I loved it. It wasn't my favorite fantasy books for kids but they're quite good anyway and my rating for all four books together is 7 Talking Cats out of 10 Shang Dragons. Okay, okay. okay. Christina okay. what is your book
2: pick? I feel like now I have to preface this. we like I was giving you shit for picking a quartet. I don't actually care. I just like giving you shit. Okay. <laughs> um, however, are you
0: bringing the wrong? Uh,
2: well, I can actually I can pick the first one of this. So it is a trilogy technically Mm, the whole thing was recommended to me. Breaking
1: the rules. But I
2: can I was only going to talk about the plot point of the first book. So I'm content to just do that. You know what I mean? I'll do whatever. (laughs) But anyway, this is a shout out to Jen who is a friend of ours that actually listens to every single episode. And we know that because she gets mad at us every single time for all the different things we say that she doesn't like. And leaves little snarky comments. I did see that. But you know what? At least she's leaving (laughs) comments. Okay? You want to get a shout out on the podcast? Leave comments on the Instagram. Do you? You are supposed to be our social media manager <laughs> do you not check <laughs> you horrible horrible so shirt. now i know so now i know that Nat is the one that replied to her
0: yes i did you 100 that wasn't me you knew that i
2: had hopes i had hopes you knew that deep
0: in your remember heart remember
2: that one time you actually cared about your job and it actually worked out really well for us yeah <laughs> see what happens when you apply or something now you got why are we getting why are we getting these kinds of posts for everything yeah steph what are you looking at sorry <laughs> Your job. I'm drinking you looking up doing? my Instagram. <laughs> she opened Instagram because you're talking about this, but she just looked at her own personal and one. I, wow.
0: I got distracted. I got distracted. I'm sorry,
2: sorry. So this is for Jen, who we were on va- vacation. We were going overnight to Niagara Falls a bunch of random fucking people. So what a vacation. Um, but we were just gonna have a night, and everybody that was in this car had read this book series called *Captive Prince*, and they uh-huh. all, yeah yeah, 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 and they all kept pushing it on me. Unfortunately, I think that the way that this book is described, one of the major plot points, I find very problematic. So, I was very hesitant about it, but enough people pushed it on me that I was like, you know what? It seems like it's gonna be a real fast read. I purchased the first one. So, I'm talking specifically about Captive Prince, the first book. Whatever. Even though it is a trilogy. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens. I read this series in a day a day and a half like I started reading the first one I got so hooked that immediately after I finished reading the first one I bought the second one and then I read the second one and then I bought the third one and they're not particularly long so it was actually not too difficult to get to finish it in a weekend particularly weekend when I was just hanging out Niagara Falls doing nothing so it was pretty good um the plot of the captive prince and the sometimes problematic areas of it the main character the person who the point of view of the majority of book from uh, the majority of the book is from is Prince Dominos of Aculis I don't know how you say this. It's of like a fake Greek country. That's what you need to know. It's a fake Greek country. He is the prince. His father is King Theomedes and his brother is Prince Castor. But his brother, who is older, is um like a half brother. So he's not next in line for the throne. So it's evil. And all of a sudden, his dad starts getting sick, and the yeah, book yeah. opens up with King Domino's, or uh, Prince Domino's, essentially being attacked, being taken from his home, and being disguised as a slave because it turns out Castor, his half brother, has created a plot against him in, like, in, um, in conjunction with his girlfriend JoCast, those fucking and they have conspired to steal Dominos away, pretend that he has died, and sell him to the warring country as a slave. So he gets sold to the country of Veer, where there is the main, the love interest, obviously, is Prince Laurent who is the person that he is gifted to because there are no slaves in Veer. There are pets, which are essentially like prostitutes. They have contracts where like in exchange for being their companion and their like sexual companion, you get gifts and you get like clothes and you get housings. You're like a live-in prostitute essentially. But the concept of slavery there is very like off-putting. But Prince Dominos is given to him as a sex slave essentially. And that's where the problematic part comes in because this was explained to me and I was like, well, obviously they're gonna end up falling in love and that's not cool. Like presumably some really uncool shit happens when he is your non-consenting sex slave. And let me tell you, some uncool shit does happen, but this book is written real fucking well. This book is real, you go into it and the way it's described and the way most people describe it, it sounds like a romance book. It is not. It is not, a like, while the romance and the relationship between Dominos and Laurent is very important and is very much the core of the book, it is actually about all the political intrigue happening around. Uh, Laurent is very, like, so he's the exact opposite of Damon. He is very um, cold and very... Well, he's perceived as being very cold. He's perceived as being very calculating. Every single move he makes is about, like, what he needs to get five moves from now. And, like, they tell you about the way that he grew up and the things that happened to him to get him in that position. Whereas Dominos, but it's Damon um, in Akylos, they're completely different. Those people are like very warm. They're very open. The concept of lying is astonishing. When you read this book, it sounds like Castor did not need to do anything at all to convince a bunch of people that something horrible had happened. Because apparently in Akylos, if you just go to someone and you're like, oh, this thing happened, the concept that you could be lying about it is like, no one would ever believe it because it's unhonorable. So you must be telling the truth. So he did not have to try very hard. So that political intrigue background is where it goes. And then as you go through the trilogy... C.S. Packett, who's the author of this book, her writing really, really improves. I think there's some more acknowledgement over why the setup of the first book is a bit problematic, um, is taken into account. And the way that they, she goes through the rest of it is legitimately so fucking good. By the time you get to the end of this book, you're like, this is one of my favorite series. This is so well written. She put out a series of four short stories immediately afterwards. Um, and I just read the most recent one came out like February of this year. I read it. It's about two side characters who you barely are introduced to in the main storyline. I was crying by the end. I was like, I had so many emotions that I had to go back and read the series, even though these two characters are barely in it. It is, honestly, here's the thing. I think you, I don't know about you. I think you'd really like it. Steph, I think would really, really like it. I don't think you would dislike it. I think that you would find a solid amount of joy in it, particularly in the two characters and their relationship. I've actually read C.S. Packet before. I read her comic, Fence. Fence, that she wrote after Captain Prince. Yeah. Her writing, I think that I really like an author where you can legitimately see how they're improving, and that is definitely one of the elements of this book. Wasn't you can this see it.
0: trilogy self published?
2: It was so it started off being self-published. By the time she got to the third book, I think um, a publisher had picked it up, which makes me very upset because the publisher's covers are much worse than hers. So I had to go back in time and buy her self-published first two, and so my third copy has a completely different cover. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And how, how
1: did you go back in time?
2: Um, so I purchased all my eBooks through Kobo, and both her self-published and her. Um, officially published books were available. Yep. So I had to go digging over and over and over again to find the self-published versions because they were still on the website. <laughs> you would be so into it because you would want... you would, When you picture Damon, you're like, oh, I want to sleep with him. <laughs> but you would want to be friends with Laurent. Does he's look, very snarky and does salty. Does he look like Opie? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Opie is not attractive! He basically
2: <laughs> looks like... He's supposed to look like like a really like dark-skinned linebacker. He is described several times as being just, like, aggressively massive.
1: Question. Did C.S. Packet, or however you pronounce her name, write these books in French, and then were they translated?
2: I don't think so. I believe they're written in English, because she's...
1: Okay.
2: Her tweets and everything are in English as well.
1: Okay, because, like, sometimes she'll write stuff in French, and I'm like, I have never. think these have been translated Isn't she Australian as well? Oh, is she Australian? I'm pretty sure
2: she's Australian or something. Australians read so much
1: why is she writing in French on her
2: Instagram? Maybe, maybe she also knows maybe, French. Maybe,
1: like, I think what is you can translated?
2: You can be Australian and know the French language.
1: I thought she was just French because, like, no, everything was think written so. in French. I don't think so. I'm so confused.
2: But highly, highly, highly recommend. I am going to give it. And honestly, if some of the problematic elements are addressed really strongly, but if they weren't there, I think this would get even a slightly higher rating. But knowing how uncomfortable I am with some of those elements, because normally I would never read this and it was why it took me so long I'm still gonna give this 9.5. Very tiny togas, essentially, is what they're wearing. Out of ten, super laced up, like basically straight jackets of suits. That's what I'm gonna give it. Love a well-dressed prince. You, they both, they both are. And there's like a lot of. There's a lot of back and forth onto them dressing, and then like I don't give too much away, but obviously as time goes on, things change. People maybe maybe people like aren't seen as slaves anymore, whatever. Um, and they have to go to like each other's kingdoms, and they start wearing like each other's clothes. Oh, fuck. And maybe a particular person. still making me have to yeah, read this tonight. <laughs> maybe a particular person ends up wearing the very short toga-style chiton and because of that, people are very affected by the look of their legs. Like, it's amazing. It is. Remember the gourds. Remember the gourds that act like it? This is the gourds.
0: The gourds is it's the The pants. The gourds are the legs. I will say, I've read a book about a tailor as a romantic interest, and I've never been like, okay, that's a very romantic thing to be, because you can make Absolutely. the other person clothes. Yeah. yeah. It's like being a
2: chef is also one of the most romantic jobs. It's true. So, so as a so reminder, what was your book? book? It was Captive Prince by C.S. Packet, which is part of the Captive Prince trilogy.
1: Mine was The Song of the Lioness Quartet by Tamora Pierce.
0: And mine was The Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang.
1: So, Steph, let's move on to
0: movies. The movie was recommended to me by many people at work saying this was a great film to watch. And it's pretty recent. It's Lady Bird. Uh,
2: People keep recommending that to me, too.
0: So, it's basically about a girl, Saoirse Ronan. Gotta, Gotta get that name right. Basically, her final senior year of Catholic high school, basically. And the events that happened during that It was directed by Greta Gerwig.
2: Yeah, people keep recommending that to me, and I also was not a fan of the trailer, so when someone initially offered me a ticket to go see it, I was like, ooh, this looks super tentious.
1: I fell like, asleep while watching it, so...
2: That's not a high. Although, well, <laughs> you could probably fall asleep during a lot of things. It's true. Yeah.
0: I mean, I saw in the theaters. It didn't... Well, it, like, looks to me that it was, like, a prissy girl, basically. I would like to think of it as a white girl's,
1: like, coming-of-age story.
2: See, what I think is interesting is I've had a lot of people coming to me being, like, it was super relatable. When she starts talking, you hear things that you said as a teen. But I'm hearing this from everybody. Everybody.
0: Yeah, like, not just
2: sh- white girls. Yeah, she was like a no. white girl.
0: Yes, but like the shit that she was saying, yeah. I'm like, I said that to particularly, my mother a thousand times. Particularly
2: people that went to Catholic school. Those have been the people the most that have been mm-hmm. coming at me being I like, get that.
0: I mean, I didn't go to Catholic school. Did you go to Catholic school?
2: No, I did. Do I look Catholic to you? I don't know. A lot <laughs> of people that go to Catholic school in Canada are not Catholic. Yeah,
1: that's true. I thought you had to have at least one parent that could prove that they were
2: Catholic. No, is what no. I was told something elementary school maybe, but in high school, you don't have to be Catholic to go you to. Can high literally school be at all. in the district. Yeah, wow. you just have to want to go to that school. Trust me, I didn't want to, but I was forced to go. That's if you, not to like break the fourth wall, but audience, if you saw it and you thought it was relatable and or not, let us know why. Because I'm super intrigued because I, there's not a lot of movies where like friends who come from a shit ton of different backgrounds are all like, no, this is super relatable to what a teenage experience was like for me. One of the only other ones that I know of is fucking Big Mouth, that uh, Nick Kroll cartoon. Uh, weird. I
1: did not like that. I didn't even finish it.
2: I never we, watched we it. We talked about this. But, like, of things that people have found relatable, or at least, like, I, I understand the experience being talked about, these are two of the only ones that I've had people from a bunch of different backgrounds say, yes, I agree, that was relatable.
0: The thing that stuck out to me was that her friendship with her best friend. Because, as basically in every teen girl movie, she meets a boy, and she kind of drops her friends, because she's now in the more popular group of friends. But at what the end bitch. of the day, her friendship... With her friend. Like, it's prom night. This is a spoiler, but, like, it's prom night. Mm -hmm. And she realized that her friend is more important than these people that she's wasted, basically, the first six months of her life. And I was like, that's relatable. I think, basically, for an 18-year-old, a friendship breaking up is devastating, probably more so than a romantic relationship. Because these are people you've talked to Mm -hmm. for years, every day, you've grown up with. And, like, those are the people you like.
1: But I think that's partially why I probably wouldn't find it relatable. I don't you know. You had no girlfriends?
0: I didn't. She grow moved w- around a
1: lot. I moved around a lot. I no. didn't grow up with the same people. Half the time people would do things and I was like, meh, I don't know you. Like, I literally have only known you for like two years. So I don't know.
2: I feel like that's a long time when you're again. a kid. That's a good been. portion of your life.
1: But like, it was to the point where like, you were still an outsider no matter what. I've always yeah. been like the outsider no matter where I went. The new kid. The new kid.
2: But I, I get that. Like, I had that friendship that had lasted, like, four years. And, like, this senior year of high school it was, like, it over. And Devastating. That's a fucking blow. Like,
0: I still think about, like, there's, like, two people. I won't mention them. <laughs>
2: but I'm like, I, I wonder what they're doing now. Yeah. And I don't talk to them anymore. I, I think, too, when it's like that sometimes you have that idea of, because we were just talking about this earlier about aging and stuff like that. It's so much more believable for you at that age to think that you're going to know someone forever yeah like now if a friendship ends that is brutal to me too because the friends that i have i care about a lot but i do understand that maybe the people i talk to today aren't people i'm gonna talk to 10 years from now that concept in high school me and that girl the idea that our friendship would end and we wouldn't like because your world is like
0: literally the size of a thimble and you're like that's what i'm not gonna talk to her anymore she's like i've talked to her forever i know her family We've like discussed things. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Meanwhile, devastating
0: BCW, in the For heart. anyone
2: interested, it was the right call for my friendship. To end. <laughs> so like, oh, sometimes yeah. you're an idiot as a teen. Those two people.
0: That was a good call. They were yeah. nuts.
2: But anyway, that was it. Not to bring that about Big Mouth either. But if you have watched it, at least in terms of like how awkward it is to be sexual as a teenager, a oh. lot of that shit is really. That's what it is. That also show in Lady is Bird. so fucking stupid. But they have moments where they talk about, like, the puberty monster and stuff like that. And they talk about going through that, like, sexual awkwardness of okay. being 13 years old. And you're, that is, like, 100 P.
0: Yeah. So, they say the I'm finding it so hard to talk about Lady Bird is because I think everyone will have a different reaction to why they enjoyed it. Because the parent relationship between her father and mother and her is, like, interesting. She has, like, a brother that's adopted. That's an interesting relationship. Her, like, classmates, her boyfriends, like... A lot of different things people can relate to, yeah. and like basically the end too. So I would give it eight, jumping out of, car- rolling out of cars, <laughs> out of ten pink hair bobs because I would like to dye my hair, in a nice bob color. In <laughs> a nice bob color. In <laughs> a nice you bob want to
2: color. Dye it in a bob color.
0: And I just want <laughs> Searsha Ronan's face on mine.
2: She's That's an <laughs> interesting concept. She's beautiful. You have a good face. You should not. I don't know that you should want that to be honest. I just
0: want to <laughs> no. be Sa- Searsha. Sir Sir the idea, chef. like, Sir I
2: don't know chef. that I would think of that for you as an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. not, that, not
2: that she's not lovely, she's but pretty. yeah, but like, you're, don't worry, you're better
0: looking. I still think she's pretty. <laughs> now, yeah.
2: So Nat, what is your, I assume, relatable to your life experience book? It's nothing well, else's. Movie. Movie, sorry. Movie,
1: and also not relatable at all. <laughs> but speaking of high school mean related to that um my movie recommendation was actually recommended to our whole class by our grade 10 teacher i was thinking about this a teacher could literally be like we're watching this great movie could be step up and the whole class has <laughs> well, to watch like, it he didn't make us watch it because i'm guaranteed the school board would not allow it but
2: jesus christ <laughs> like, superstar
1: he's going off the grid yeah. So every so not grade 10, like grade 10 <laughs> to 12 history teacher. He was also like our reach team captain or whatever like that. I don't know what that means.
2: You say things sometimes and I'm like Reach
1: team was like the like nerd alert. quiz. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Yep, anyway, yep, yeah. I was like the worst person on the reach team, so don't worry. You were still um, on the team. I still
2: worry. <laughs> I still worry Nat.
1: Anyway, so he wrecked it like every. This is why I love this history class. Every history class, you come in and he's like, What did everybody watch over the weekend? And he just wants to talk movies at the beginning, like the first 10 minutes of class. And then the rest of the class is all history. That's why
0: I want to be a teacher. Because yeah. I talk about shit. It's like great. This every to day. deal with te- so, Obviously, that's why I'm not a teacher. <laughs> shout out to Mr. Pets. <laughs> His name was Pets. Pets. Pets, P
1: E T Z.
2: <laughs> Nat had a crush on her history teacher. I had a huge crush.
1: But like, was you know. Was he a young guy or an old guy? Like he was younger. Like 20s no <laughs>
2: like 30s this is very separate and i i probably won't keep it in because you said pets i this fucking massive crush on someone i used to work with when i worked at shoppers drug Mart, and his name was alec pitts and it was spelled p-i-i-t-z and i in my teen wonderment had such a huge crush on him that i loved that name Christina i thought pitts. that was i not def- i don't want to change my name but in that moment i would have been like it's like I was so into him <laughs>
1: sweaty pits. so like as you know when you have a crush when you're a teen you were fucking shameless oh abominable. boy you, you were underage Natasha was 100% underage and also he definitely was uncomfortable by any female attention because a he's married and b he was like oh my Your god teens, you're all children as he yeah. should be which like Good for him. I'm so <laughs>
0: glad he is moral.
1: Yes. Okay.
2: Very glad. Also, congrats s- on being the bare minimum of a person. <laughs> exactly, And also, so, so sorry. <laughs> okay, so what, what movie did he tell you to touch watch? his
1: leg inappropriately? Like, no, I think we wrote some really inappropriate things on that. I the board, bet for
2: so. sure, because you probably, you got big boobs. I bet you had big boobs pretty early on, too. Uh, yeah, they were like. I bet for sure that little, like, young Nat was a little, like, pressing them close
0: together. A little, look like, at this can you?
2: America? I can, you? can tell
1: you one thing I did do. I used to go to the history room to study. Ah, uh, oh. <laughs>
0: That door wasn't allowed to be closed.
1: Yeah, it was, it was definitely not, and it was, like, the size of a closet. Oh, God. Anyway. What's well, your movie? <laughs> The movie that he's just he suggested many movies, but this is one of the ones that really sticks out in my head. Um, it's Layer Cake, directed by Matthew Vaughn. And if you know any of his movies, which you probably do, there's Kingsman, Kick-Ass, Stardust, <gasps> X-Men, First wow. Class. So this is like a big director. I've
2: never heard of
1: this movie. Layer Cake, starring Daniel Craig. Let uh, me tell no. you about this movie. No, 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 no. You gotta listen. This movie is all kinds of badass. So this movie starts off with Daniel Craig as this, like, really established, successful cocaine dealer. And, okay, this is, like, 100% not up my alley. This is not, like, I'm not into action... Well, I am into action flicks, but I'm usually into, like, cheesy action, not, like think-about-it action or, like, brainless action. I mean, a
2: little bit of brainless. This director does really good action scenes.
1: Yeah, and he's very snarky in this, like, British mm-hmm. humor way, which is what I love about it. And so immediately from the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this movie because I'm like, oh, it's a cocaine dealer. But he starts off with a fucking monologue, this fucking character, Daniel Craig's character, and it hooks you in right away because it's talking about the future, the past, and everything, and it explains cocaine deals as a business deal and you're like this is intriguing and the introduction is just as good as the end of this movie which I obviously will not reveal and like he establishes that like dealing in drugs is kind of just like prohibition for like alcohol so it's like a parallel eventually drugs will also be legalized and then the government will make money off of that as well just like they do off of alcohol which as we know is in the process of happening now with weed (laughs) So obviously it was very like futuristic thinking and that sort of thing. Um, and he criticizes the legal system in it and explains how drugs work and how the business works. And the whole movie is this look at his life at, at the time of his early retirement. I'm using quotation marks. And at the time of his early retirement, his boss assigns him two more huge assignments that he has to do. And he's like, Okay, fine, whatever, and then I'm out. One last job. One last job. One last job. Two last jobs. And, of course, these jobs come with fucking conditions. And, like, he's, like, and, like, the thing is, as you said, movies with, like, that, like, not the monologue, but, like, somebody narrating. The narration, yeah. The narration so common, usually unneeded, definitely needed for this movie Mm -hmm. because his, not his monologue, but his narration is what is so funny about this movie. It's just, like, it's always so dry. It's got that, like, it almost has that black humor from, like, Death at a Funeral feel to it. Like, it's that funny British humor that you're just like, what the fuck is happening? And it is such a quotable movie, too. Surprisingly, because it's so underrated, like, there's, like, a Michael Gambon speech. It's called the... What is it called? The Facts of Life speech. It's fucking great. Like, it's literally... You look up Facts of Life speech... It's the first thing that pops up because it's just that good. It's that quotable and that interesting. Um, and of course, Michael Gammon plays the only role he should ever be in, which is a high class gangster. He should never be a magical being. He should never be anything but a gangster. That is what Michael Gammon was made to play. That's it. Um,
2: For anyone in the audience who like me who doesn't know what that who that actor is, it's just Truster. Is Dumbledore? It's Dumbledore.
1: Oh! Yes. So Michael Gammon is the new Dumbledore from movies two to eight. People are too mean about that, but whatever. Listen. The first one died. What do you want? Dumbledore needs love. Dumbledore? Dumbledore. Okay, so I don't want to spoil this movie because... The huge thing about this movie is it kind of depends on you watching it as if it's always the first time, just like the usual suspects, because there is, I know. And like when I draw that comparison, I really, really mean it. Like there are some things that you're just like, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, what? Wait.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, (laughs) that's my, that's the like. That's the ocean's elevening is what I always yeah. call it. When they do something at the end and you find out that all the shit they were doing at the beginning was always leading was, to this. Yeah. That's why I love high heist movies. That is the moment.
1: And it's like to the point where you're like, oh, wait a second. Let me just start from the beginning. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you go and you're like rewinding. You're like, let me just. Start. That's As like if an, I'm like an old school, like rewinder. Like
2: the <laughs> fucking. Yeah. Like you're fucking <laughs> rewinding your VHS. What I'm doing is skipping ahead <laughs> or
1: skipping back or whatever. God bless. God bless. But like it's one of those and it's not like this crazy twist it keeps it simple. So you're not like what? Like Memento? Huh? Yeah, but like the, <laughs> like you're like what the fuck did I just watch? And but like the whole time you're like did I miss something? And you're like oh my god the whole time. The whole time. Uh, it's really love really that. good. Excellent film. Uh, my rating for this is eight layer cakes out of ten. FCUK product placements. Oh my god! Which,
2: what a
0: brand to me. Hilarious. I
2: still have an FCUK sweater, and I love it.
0: And the, the way, brand
2: was Aces. Is it I
0: an just FC. Say? Oh, sorry. The yes. way FC. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the
1: whole point.
0: I know I'm, I thought um, you spelled that right, but you didn't. <laughs>
1: the way FCUK is product placed in this is not as actual products. It's as future products of. Packaged drugs and it is fucking amazing it's so good um yeah and the layer do will understand when you once you hear the facts of life speech
2: i assume it's just a drug layered layers? on top of each other you
1: it's will, shrek
2: you will particularly... it's just shrek this is just a remake of shrek i see i no, understand no. you will particularly enjoy the layer cake i mean i assume it's is it on Netflix? cocaine on a strippers asshole
1: um i don't know if it's on netflix I but you can yeah. borrow it i have it oh, okay. i actually do own it <laughs> Christina, what is your movie pick?
2: You know what's funny? It's kind of similar to yours. (laughs) Is it really? This is legitimately like, you were going through and I was like, huh, what a a surprising coincidence. (laughs) All the things in the world. These
0: movies are the best to recommend to people because when you're like the fucking ending you're like shit yeah.
1: well the thing is he didn't tell us anything about it when he was first talking about it. he's just like it's just a really interesting take on like prohibition and blah blah blah, and like <laughs> drugs loser. and then i'm just like whatever <laughs> nerd and then i'm like i love him <laughs> I love you. and then like i watched
2: it I was like what the fuck did i just watch so the movie that i'm going with was recommended to me by my best friend she owned it and when she was, I think it was before she was planning to move, we were just going through her movies and I see a movie cover that has Idris Elba on the cover. And so immediately I'm like, what movie is this? Because Idris Elba is in it. What is this? And she tells me this movie. It's called Rock and Rolla. Oh yeah. Rock and Rolla. Um, and she starts explaining this movie to me and telling me like I need to, I definitely need to watch it because I'm a big fan of action movies aren't my thing but I love a good heist movie I love a good mob movie give me a good gangster like that is my shit and this is that it Rock and Rolla I have seen several times in my life probably six times do you think I can tell you what Rock and Roll is about. I can't. Half the time, and this is rare for me, I have no idea what the fuck they're saying. Like, it's not just that they're saying it with, like, British accents. This movie is slang-heavy as balls. I have watched it with the subtitles on. There are words that I have never seen in my entire life, but the general overall theme is essentially about a British mob. And all of these main characters, Idris Elba, Thandie Newton, Tom Hardy, Gerard Butler is in it, they're all members of this mob or this criminal organization and they essentially like every other mob movie it's that kind of like one last job mentality they're deep in they're deep in the system Idris Elba Gerard Butler Tom Hardy they're kind of like lower on the pole dudes and then there's some higher dudes above them doing their own shit And it looks like it's three different storylines that are kind of overlapping a little bit. And then you get to the end and they do the whole thing and you see how it's all tied together. And they give you that little bit of that like heist moment of like, oh, turns out all of these things are really about this in the first place. (laughs) And that shit is the best. But what really makes this movie is one, Idris Elba is in it. And he's fucking amazing. He's
1: always amazing. Two,
2: this is Tom Hardy's best role. He plays, he plays Handsome Bob. And he's in this movie for maybe seven minutes, but it is I like, I don't know if it's worth it to say the like twist of his character, but it's no, trust me, he does not, oh. <laughs> but it's fucking hilarious. And he has an interaction with Gerard Butler in particular that takes place in a truck and they're just going back and forth and they're talking about this like new side of Handsome Bob's Character and it's so stupid and it's so dumb, but it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's honestly it's a stupid dumb movie. It's one of those perfect movies where you don't have anything else going on tonight. You maybe you, a couple of friends, are just hanging out. Just put a rock and roller on. Just find it online, pop it on, pop it on your TV, and just have a good time. You don't need to pay an aggressive amount of attention to it. It helps if you do. I think you'd enjoy it a little bit more if you couldn't understand what was going on in some cases but any single time tom hardy is on screen in this movie you want to be paying attention because handsome bob is amazing and i think that he would not have gotten that role in legend if he had not been handsome bob first they're two very completely different characters but there are things that lead up to his character in legend that i don't think would have happened if he hadn't played handsome bob what a yeah, name. Bob. Yeah. So in like overall like Fight movie quality Silent Bob. That's a lot of Bob's guys. No wait Silent
1: J. No. To
2: just be fair, handsome Bob's name might not be Bob. i I like I have no idea what's going on. It'd be movie. Silent
1: Bay. Or wait,
2: handsome Bay. Handsome, he fucking is Bay in this movie. He is gorgeous. (laughs) He's constantly Steph. He's constantly wearing tight white T-shirts. This whole movie, just constantly in tight white
0: T-shirts. Touching right now. Is it me? I (laughs) guess
2: she she got really excited about that. Um, because like the quality of the movie. Do I like like
0: white tight white T-shirts? Is that my
1: brand?
2: No, I just mean because he's like, he's he's big and bulky and mm, and he's...
1: Speaking of this movie, the other day... There should be a sequel. I was like, I'm going to watch an Idris Elba movie today. And it was a debate between rock and roll and But then I saw one on Netflix that said Idris Elba. And I was like, cool, there's an Idris Elba movie on here. I'm going to watch it. Guess what? Idris Elba's in maybe five minutes of this movie. And I was so disappointed. It was like that stupid fucking movie with Sean Penn... I was like, You shouldn't and, watch
2: a movie with Sean Penn in it.
1: I mean, it was a huge toss-up whether
2: I was going to watch- You should have the, watched Rock and Roller instead. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't. You but, should have watched Rock and Roller instead. But, Zed.
1: like, I watched a Sean Penn movie, and I was like, what is this about? And it is, it is, like, no, no, I, I, it's so bad, it's hilarious. No. It's so bad. I will not watch a Sean Penn movie. But Idris Elba was beautiful in that movie anyway.
2: He is beautiful in every movie. And because of his face and Tom Hardy's face and Thandie Newton's everything, Mm -hmm. thank you very much. Despite everything, I think I'm going to give it an eight point something. Who cares? I'm going to give it eight handsome Bob slow dances out of ten just like indecipherable slang terms that I just could not get around my entire head at all. It was solid. You should watch it. If you want to watch it and you legitimately you want to borrow it, it's right there. You can take it.
1: Yeah, I'll take it.
2: Yeah. So that's me. That's Rock and Rolla. Uh, moving this along because, guys, I need to go to bed, man. Steph, what is your TV show finally?
0: My TV show is a toss-up between two.
2: So is mine, actually. And they are
0: both been recommended to me by the same person. But guess what? Pick one. <laughs> so, the, my sister, Christina, CH, sorry. I know. <laughs> uh... Any reality TV show that I've watched has been recommended to me by her. <laughs> she is the one who is consistently finding these shows, watching the full seasons, and letting me know <laughs> what I need to watch. And these two shows are Southern Charm and Siesta Key. Amazing. We've
2: talked about Siesta Key before.
0: We have talked about... This. Should yeah. I talk about Southern Charm? Yeah, I guess we yes. so. just I think Southern I just want charm. to say, I caught up with Siesta Key. It is Brilliant. But Southern Charm, Southern Charm, the OG, my OG original Bravo TV show after the Real Housewives is about rich, like, rich, rich white people in Charleston, South Carolina. And basically, they don't have regular jobs because they're so loaded from, like, from old, old, old money that they basically have parties all day and drink all day, and that's all they do. Have
2: you talked about Southern Charm I think I have talked about Southern Charm. Both gonna, of these shows. I'm going to assume it wasn't on the podcast, though. It was not, no. Yeah.
0: I have tried and tried and tried and tried to get people to watch this, and, it, like, no one will take the bait. And I'm just like, guys, this has everything you want in a show. This is our last push. <laughs> this is my final. I'm, I'm just going to throw Actually, away.
2: Ironically, this kind of sounds like the Southern version of Crazy Rich Asians.
0: It is. <laughs> it is. I there was one girl, Catherine Dennis. She she wasn't a regular on the show. She didn't get a main... She didn't get her time in front of the camera to talk about her one-on-ones. She made herself a full-time cast member. And I've never been more proud of a human in my entire life. <laughs> she saw her chance... So, one of the main characters is Thomas Ravenel. He's 56. The other cast is, like, 30. He's so loaded. He has a bridge, the Ravenel Bridge, which is, like, oh, a main geez. part of Charleston... Uh, he was trying to run for mayor, but then in the first episode, you learn, oh, he got arrested for trying to sell cocaine. <laughs> what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's I'm why minister. he's
0: try- that's why it's a little hard to become the, like, senator for his, his like, yeah. state, because, you know, he's got a drug problem. But Catherine, 21, she saw an opportunity, and she went for it. And Catherine ends up getting pregnant in the first season with his baby. <laughs> what it's amazing. Get that money, Catherine! And now we're season five and she's still around, so is Thomas. The show's still on. It's still on. And it's and as we were talking about the great plot points of like a heist movie, this fucking <laughs> genius show in the first minute of <laughs> every Way season. In the first episode of every season, they'll show you what happens on the season finale <gasps> for. A a good a minute because they all have parties and they're all yelling at each other and it's drama so then you get that sneak peek and then that's the whole season is building up to this explosive point and it is so good it is the best reality tv show i have ever seen everyone needs to watch it immediately. One of my favorite things is to watch Steph talk about
2: reality TV. Because no one... Will listen to me. You're so into them. I'm all so you know into them. the thing them. is, though? You make me feel like I'm gonna like them more than I do. But you'll like, love it. you make me want to watch them. And then, to be fair, some of them I think that I could legitimately could get into, legitimately. and maybe I don't want to do that. But you are so into them that I, like, I appreciate your passion for them. Like,
0: so the person I was talking about, Catherine Dennis, I think... In my mind, she's a mastermind. Like, she's the smartest person on the show.
2: You really do want to be someone's stepmom. You're very, very I, invested.
0: Yeah. I am so invested in her, and I want her to be okay. Because she has trouble, guys. She's, like, had a bit of a drug problem, but now she's sober right now. In season five, she's sober right now. What's crazy is, I've never heard of any of these people, and, like, yet. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I've heard of the Ravenel Bridge, though. That's crazy. The Ravenel
0: Bridge, it is crazy. There's, Cameron is, like, the, the basic... White girl that we see the show through. She's the normal girl that everyone wants to be. And then you have Shep, who had his own, what was it? Relationship, where he tried to find love. Shep, Shep, with his <gasps> own relationship. Relationship. God, that's hideous. Because he's like 36 and he hasn't settled down, and he parties till like 3 a.m. in the morning. All these people are seriously How's alcoholics. He awake? They're alcoholics. You don't wake and they up until talk 2 p.m. You can see him drinking. A gl- this is all season five. Sorry, guys, but he's like his his hands are shaking because he's having withdrawals from it's, not having I'm sorry. alcohol.
1: It's on the fifth season. It's on the fifth season because it's so good. That is, I was
0: like at most three. <laughs> It's on five. They also have uh Reality TV
2: shows can go on forever. They
0: have Southern Charm New Orleans that just came out. Oh, my God. Because it's expanding, and I'm so excited. I think I would watch the New Orleans one. I'd watch them. New Orleans people, they people look weird as shit.
1: And Uh, and by weird, I mean, like, they
0: look a little broken. There's, like, a football player, he's not cute.
2: (laughs) Nat's also a little broken.
0: What? They look a little broken. So what's
2: your rating? Ten Southerns g- out of ten charms?
0: I would give ten Catherine Dennis's out of ten Patricia... Ugh, I didn't even talk about Pat- Patricia. <laughs> Patricia's like a one of the guys, basically an executive producer's mom, and she, like, has a butler who makes her drinks all the time while she sits in her huge mansion, and she's, like, decked in jewels.
2: Dude, Patricia's living my life. She's what you, we all should aspire to be.
1: I think we established very early on in our
0: relationship that I wanted to be an old white yeah, lady. Exactly.
2: Being an lady. old rich white lady is kind of bomb.
0: Yeah. She is what you need to be. So you need to watch the show. Everyone, need, everyone should go out and watch this immediately. Because it's so good. You're going to be like, oh, I don't think I like it. As my sister, my sister begged me. For years to watch it, so I'm like, oh, I don't really like reality TV. What you've said that before? Yeah, I didn't like it until I saw the show, and I was so wrong. And I was like, that was your gateway drug to other reality TV. Brought me into Real Housewives. My sister was trying to get me to see to watch Vanderpump Rules. Which I hear is just I as good.
2: actually. I'm sure you'd love it. I have seen a whole season.
0: Oh, Vanderpump, Vanderpump rules. rules. Vanderpump Rules is and another was, world. I will,
2: very early I, will say, I did watch an entire season of that fucking Giotti ones, the like Mob Wives. Oh, yeah. I watched that.
0: Uh, go watch Southern Charm. Do yourself a favor. And I, again, 10 Catherine Dennis's out a 10 Pat Schultz. Okay. Okay. Boom.
2: Natasha. Your TV show.
0: The
1: Build Up. JK, this TV show was strange, is the best thing I could say for it. You're
2: always saying that about your pics. It's a stranger (sighs) thing.
1: Uh, So this TV show was added to Netflix in April, which would be this month that we're currently recording in. uh, And it's called Requiem. It's a six episode series. Which, when you first pull up the trailer, when you pull up the description, it's marketed as a British musician named Matilda Gray goes to a small Welsh village to investigate a 20-year-old cold case of a missing girl. So the whole time you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be some true crime shit or, like, some, like, non-true crime shit.
2: Little small town murder.
1: Yeah, that's what you think. That's what you think. You start watching, you're like, okay, there's ghosts. This sounds like but- when you did Harness? No, no, no. There's um, another, there's another one you did that
2: was like this. Oh, Dark. Dark. The,
1: the German one? Yeah, that, was that a great one, was one good. But this one, interestingly, is this, like, weird-ass white woman who already looks really strange. And, like, they establish right off from the beginning that she sleeps around a lot. When I was like, what's the point of establishing this? It literally has nothing to do with the story. Cool. She goes to the small Welsh village after... Her mom literally commits suicide in front of her by slitting her own throat in, like, the middle of a parking lot. Drama. Yeah, so, like, you're like, what the fuck just happened? And then they make it seem like this old man in the beginning that you don't really get to know. He kills himself by jumping off a roof, and they're like, oh, there's clearly something going on because he smashes all the mirrors, and it kind of looks like there's a ghost or something like that. So the whole time you're like, oh, this is going to be, like, supernatural, I guess. So you're like, okay, cool. This isn't what I thought it was. I was like, they did not market this range. I came for something else and I got this. And this was recommended to me by my friend Adam. And so I didn't know what I was getting into when he told me to watch this show. He's like, you might like it. Might is a very strong, strong assumption. Don't hold me in suspense. Did you like it? I'm going to get to that. Let's get to it now. Um, so let me uh, let, let me fully talk about what was wrong about this show is that it's basically a lesson about how white women can get away with basically driving people to suicide with no consequences. You did not need to a TV show to learn that. But meanwhile, her black friend gets beat on for just showing up. Yeah, you definitely did not need a TV show to learn that. And, like, you don't really need the TV show to learn that, but you're like, oh, what's the point of this show? And then you're like, what the fuck is happening? This woman is insane. And, like, you think that the supernatural part is going to be the most insane part. No, the whole time you're like, why is everyone letting this white woman run around and fuck up their little town? Which is like, and this little town is very, like... White women rule
2: little towns.
1: And, like, she's not from this little town, so they're like, oh, she's an outsider, and this town is very, like, for the greater good. Okay, you know what? I want the town to win, <laughs> if that's possible. Like, you're just like, she's such a shit disturber, and you hate her the whole time. So, like, my my feelings about this movie, not movie, my feelings about this TV show are very convoluted because at the same time while i was intrigued and i did watch it all in one sitting and i did like i definitely binge watched it and i was very interested at first by the end i was like what the fuck did i just watch and not in necessarily a good way because i was like there are so many bad messages in the show and like when they do the big reveal you're like well where where can you go from here really So it was kind of anticlimactic in that way because it is still supernatural by the end, but it's like in a way that I didn't want it to be. So what you think are ghosts may not be ghosts. My rating for that is 6 cellos out of 10 entitled white ladies. Christina, what is your TV show?
2: Okay, so um, I'm a little upset that it is so late at night because I'm really excited about the show that I picked and I want to have all my energy in the world to talk about it. We're just going to have to see where this takes us. Um, I'm also going to quickly apologize to Jen because I told her that I was going to pick a recommendation she gave me for this, but because I already picked her for a book, I didn't want to do it twice. I wanted to spread the recommendation love around. So I'm sorry, Jen, but it's not going to be on my block, but If you do like... Is that good? Yeah. If you like a good coming of age teen story, and particularly if you want to see it with not a bunch of white kids, you should definitely watch On My Block. It's on Netflix right now. Go and watch it so that it can get a season two. But that's not what I'm picking. However, the show I am picking, you can watch on Netflix as well. So this television show was recommended to me by all things of my brother, by my brother, which means that inherently I should have never watched it and been salty about it the entire time. But this show was so good. I couldn't not watch it just because I didn't want to prove him right with his recommendation. (laughs) So I had to ultimately watch it. And this show I'm so happy to talk about is a Canadian comedy series and it's Schitt's Creek. Oh, yeah. Schitt's Creek has the dumbest name and what you think is the dumbest premise but is actually one of the best TV shows on TV right now. Wow. Schitt's Creek is fucking excellent. It is primarily made by um, Dan Levy, who's Eugene Levy's son. So if you're Canadian, obviously icons, goals (laughs) for everyone involved. He's literal perfection. The general idea is that um, the roses, so it's Eugene Levy, Dan Levy, Catherine O'Hara um and Alexis and unfortunately I feel really bad I forget the actress's name um their family who used to be incredibly incredibly rich um and it turns out that their accountant was basically embezzling their money so everything they own gets repoed from them and the only thing that they keep the D to is a tiny tiny little place they own a town called Schitt's Creek And they have to move to Schitt's Creek because it was deemed that the town had so little value, it wasn't worth repossessing.
1: And don't they, like, purchase it as a joke when they were It's a joke.
2: Um, Eugene Levy, so um, David Rose, uh, buys it for his son, um, who is Dan Levy, as a joke because the town's name is Schitt's Creek. When he was like 14 or something, and he didn't think it was that funny. Like everybody just forgot that they owned this town. But they owned a town. After you get to that point, a lot of it is really basic, like small town humor. They're all like big city rich people, and they move into this tiny town that is literally a shithole. Like that is what it's called. Um, Shit's Creek. Shits Creek. There is a man, the mayor is named Shit. Like the shit family has been the mayor of Shits Creek for generations. <laughs> it's like a whole fucking thing. But it honestly fucking great watching if nothing else the fashion watching Catherine O'Hara so watching um Moira Rose and um Moira David and Alexis their clothes are amazing at one point there's a character named Stevie who is the like in a completely jaded small town girl who would be better suited to live in a city but is never gonna leave her like tiny the town
0: motel. the motel yeah, yeah she's the
2: motel clerk Um, there's one point where she's looking at David's clothes and she pulls out a sweater that he has and she describes it as being one chromosome away from being a blanket. And I was like, that's how I want to dress all the time. (laughs) They have an episode where they talk about board games and the optimal number of people at a game night. And it's no more than six. Otherwise, gameplay gets too yelly, but it has to be four or six. And the whole time that David's character is explaining this, I'm like, oh my God, that's 100% true. That's it's also me. <laughs> he is the saltiest person. He is so not like emotionally well adjusted. And every so often he says things and I go, oh no. <laughs> Cause I can, I can see it. <laughs> I'm like, those are things that I say out loud, but he does them much more fashionably and much better. You, All you need to do is watch this show for like three episodes and you're hooked, you're in. You're gonna be saying, ew, David, everywhere. If there was one thing, it could be a little bit more diverse. But there is, for anybody who's interested, there's a lot of talk about, um, Dan Levy's character because his character is presented, they don't give it an exact name, but the idea is that he's pansexual. And I think actually at some point his dad like does specifically call him pansexual. That's
0: what I am. Anything, right? For, yeah, anything, anything goes. Basically. <laughs> he actually, there's this okay.
2: really great situation where they're talking about it and Stevie, his friend, is trying to understand if he's straight or not. And they're talking about why. And she goes, are you more of a rent? Or are you a white? And you get the idea that what they're talking about is, are you interested in men or women? Uh And he has to explain where he's like, I actually like, I'm a fan of both. But I'm not really into the label on the wine so much as I like the wine itself. And then he starts talking about previous people he's dated as wines. And he's like, one time I dated a Chardonnay who turned out to be a rosé. And like, he does this whole thing. And it's like really, and that moment for me is when this show went from being like a funny show that I really liked to being like, oh my God, I'm so happy that this exists. And honestly, every single season, it's just gotten better. Catherine O'Hara is literal perfection. That this like amazing actress is in this like small Canadian television show is everything that it needs to be like, this is one of the best shows ever. It's because her character is amazing. Shits Creek is absolutely 10 shits out of 10 roses.
1: Yeah. I'd be really interested in the media diversity review of this.
2: Yeah. I like, I think it'd be medium. I think it's at like, you know what? Is it because of the, the gender, on here's the thing, email. the gender and the sexuality aspect of it is very, very high. Like they get close to a five out of five on the gender. And for the sexuality, honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that like the, ca- the actual number of characters who have experienced these different lifestyles is like three, I think they get even higher But they show a legitimate, like, here's how you can be in a polyamorous relationship. Here's how you can be in a super casual relationship. Here's, you know, someone who is pansexual. Here's someone who was previously straight and is realizing maybe it's not true anymore. Like, they are actively showing a lot of that. And those stories are written really, really well. So I think from that aspect, really high. But no, of the diversity, it's like, like, do you get a zero if you only have two characters? Like, maybe it's a one because those two characters exist, but that's probably generous. So maybe it's a C plus, B minus. It's not going to be high. And it's unfortunate because it is the one area where that show is failing. If they just introduced more characters of color and like they've brought in some random ones that are in one episode, but that's not enough. You have to bring people that are in every single episode that are casting
0: from Toronto. people that's the thing and that's why the idea that like
2: it's a small town that's nonsense that should be thrown out the window because you can be in a small town and yet one of these characters is polyamorous and is like no i like to be in relationships with more than one person so like you can't tell me that there's only two people of color in that entire town that's ridiculous
0: thanks for listening Thanks
2: for listening. If you have anything that someone has recommended to you that you want to talk about or maybe you actually read or watched one of the things that we recommended and you want to let us know about that, please let us know. Someone
0: email us. Please. Anyone. Not someone we know.
2: (laughs) You can find us on all social media at EatsCast. That's Tumblr, Twitter. Um Instagram.
0: Instagram.
1: And our email address is everyoneandtheirsister at gmail.com.
2: We I'm going to fucking bed. It's eleven fifteen. My little old lady heart cannot take this anymore. Bye! Bye. 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 Music credit goes to artist Clarobels for the song Wallflower and Jazzhar for the song Please Listen Carefully. Didn't
0: be Forever. <laughs>